0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys!
0: This, this is Talkin'
2: Cowboys. Streaming
3: live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. hand Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown.
2: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick
3: Walker, And Kyle Yeomans. It is a Talking Tuesday here on Talking Cowboys, live from the SWBC Studios at the Star in Frisco. It is officially Playoff Week, Woo! Wild Card Week is here as the Cowboys will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Monday Night Football, seven fifteen Central Time. Isaiah Stanback, Patrick C. Walker, Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We are taking your calls today on a Talking Tuesday give us a uh give us a a ring right now 888 855 2297 we will uh we will answer your phone calls starting in the second segment gentlemen how we doing
4: fantastic did you really have to ask him how yeah, he Yeah, I don't know like, why I even. Like, that was a bad
3: question. So, bro. there was this game last night. And by game mm-hmm. I mean it was more of like a you ever seen a boxing match where only one side shows up? No, both sides showed up, Yeah, but one got, you know, were they just in the wrong weight class? Was that what that was? I'm not I'm not going to say that because 65 was, to 7. Yeah. It was yeah. 38 to 7 at halftime.
5: That that's what happens when you don't play with your food. That's what happens. <laughs> that's what it looks like when you do not play with your food and and I'd be remiss to to if I didn't give uh credit and roses to TCU for the season no they doubt. had. I mean, Especially uh before coach, yeah, before true. the committee made their vote, I was one of the you know, most staunch advocates for letting TCU in. People were trying to make, the you know, the two loss Alabama argument, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe Tennessee, maybe you know, nah, I was like, it's, T, uh, it's TCU and Ohio State should get in at four. So I think the committee got it right. And then thereafter, obviously, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, what would TCU do to Alabama? That's irrelevant. Win your games. And then TCU goes on um, to just jumps off jumps out all over Michigan yeah. Uh, and kudos to Michigan for fighting back and, and making that close and then coming within a couple possessions of, of getting a comeback victory. But seeing what they did all season, starting from the ranks of the unranked to make it into the top four and then to do what they did in the semifinal doesn't, for me, it doesn't matter. Um, what the outcome was against Georgia as far as if it was a loss. It doesn't matter to me if it was a seven-point loss or if it was 65-7 like it was. For me, it doesn't take away from what TCU was able to accomplish, and like you said, Isaiah, with a new coach as well. So uh, credit tons of credit to that program. They're now aimed in the right direction. Um, excited to see what they can do next season. That said. Uh, <laughs> okay, so now always, that we've
3: gotten that out of the way. Yeah, now that
5: we've got the respect. Good job, of way, TCU. Uh, OSU got TCU killed. <laughs> that's basically what it boiled down to. And, Kyle, you can confirm we had can. this conversation yeah. offline uh, previous, uh, prior to the game yesterday. I said because OSU knocked some of our teeth out, that was going to be the reason that the dogs went out there and tried to send a message. They weren't going to play with the food. They weren't going to turn the ball over. They weren't going to allow, um, you know, TCU to extend plays like C.J. Stroud did and, you know, get over the top. And from the word go – it was on and cracking. 65 7. Should have been 72 0, but <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, i let it slide. Yeah, you'll let it slide. i let it slide, Kirby. Next time, 72 0. Stop Man, <laughs>
3: that, that kneel at the end. Could have kept it going. Well, congrats, my friend. Thanks. Congratulations. You back to us. back. I mean, Georgia's the class of college football right now. I mean, you cannot argue it. It's they are after the class.
5: 40 year drought. Oh, man, it's 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 remarkable, Um, but it it goes to show what what can happen um, when everyone buys in and and everyone is on the same page. And and yes, there's some subtlety that I'm including here. No, regarding the team that we cover. So buy in um, let uh, the timely and I I said it on on Twitter. I was like, sometimes a timely but whooping serves a purpose. And Ohio State whooped our butt, and luckily we escaped, but a timely butt whooping gave us exactly the fuel we needed. So now the Cowboys, they got a timely butt whooping in Week 18. So we're, we're, I'm expecting the Still same so thing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I feel good, man. So proud of you. Isaiah,
3: did you ever have – whether you were at Washington, here in the NFL, did you ever have just a complete whooping to where you were so angry – so embarrassed by it that you came back out and you played better the second game, the, the game after that. Did you ever have one of those?
4: I don't think so, Kyle. And not off top, I mean, we handed them out. Yeah, sure. you handed out some butt we Handed them out, but receive, disappointing losses, I believe. For okay. Sure. For sure, but because um, you talked about it yesterday, you've never really been in a locker room that had yeah that that you you always had dogs in your locker room. Except for like the end of my career, like end of my career in Jacksonville, that was different. That that locker room was different. Sure, and that's when I was kind of like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but up to that point, yeah, you know, Cowboys, Patriots, Giants. I mean, these were like Seattle. Like these were like yeah. these locker rooms were freaking solid. Now mm-hmm. you know, organization organizational structure was solid, leadership was solid. So. You know, you didn't really have those problems in terms of swaying back and forth, feel very proper mindset, and that having dogs. Like, it was a competitive organization, so you're, you had no choice but to have dogs in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. I, I really hope, Kyle. Hope. You've, Here you, it is. You've never gotten just
5: flattened by a competitor in any sport at any level to the when, point when where— we weren't supposed
4: to? I just Period.
5: I mean yeah, you, Because you you, as a competitor, you would never yeah, go into a I game mean, expecting to lose, let alone expecting to get just obliterated. So I'm just Kyle is asking yeah, I is mean, there a situation?
4: Every, every loss I took like that.
5: Honestly. I, I personally, okay, well, I'm gonna be direct with yeah. you. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> there, saying yeah. there have been times where I've gotten whooped uh just on the field of competition, and I don't feel like it should have happened. And and I know one particular time I was in high school. Uh, I was a junior, and there was this one pitcher. It's on oh, baseball. There's this one pitcher. I, j- I just could not get his timing. And in one particular game, um, it-, it was the best of three. One particular game, first game of the- that particular series, zero for five against that guy.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Five abs, five ks. Ooh, not. I mean, not even. I, I didn't go down That's looking like anything. But platinum
3: he, sombrero, yeah, right? He Jesus. had me just yeah.
5: whiffing. That's not good. Game two. Mm. Four for four. There you go. There you go. I I, I stewed on it all night till I couldn't stew on it anymore. After the first game, everybody started. Everybody went home to regroup and you know watch film and break down everything. I went to the batting cage and I started watching his film and I was looking at his release points and and his motions and his little every little gesture he had. And I, the next day, he remembered me like I remembered him the previous night. So yeah, that that's what it has to be inherent in you as a competitor. If you get flattened, like. Uh, that the Cowboys did in, in Washington, show us, show us that you're ready for this. Show us that you're ready because now, like, like we talked about yesterday, there's yeah. no mulligan. There's no okay. Well, we'll go and wa- back and watch the film, and we'll be ready for next week. Next week is in September.
3: Yeah. So what? So and I'm looking at your game logs right now, Isaiah. I'm looking through the games. <laughs> oh. I mean, the, the, the biggest. So the biggest loss the that you had the as IRS. a rookie. Biggest loss you had as a rookie was to Tom and yeah. the Patriots 48 to 27 you came back and you won that game the next day but you were inactive on on those yeah. two in, in in terms of the games that you played St. Louis in oh, 2008 yeah.
4: we weren't supposed to lose that one 34-14
3: that, that was probably the one that right was bad. you had a return in that game yeah, 29 yeah. yards yeah, actually on a return bad. very nice yeah. uh but then you came back and what did you do next week against the Tampa Bay team you you won that game yeah. So I mean, it's happened before.
4: Yeah, it's just there, there's not. What thing. about
3: Pittsburgh? I mean, Pittsburgh was pretty good in 08. Yeah. twenty. They were twenty thirteen. That wasn't an embarrassing loss. It wasn't like that St. Louis game specifically. What about the Philly game that year? Ugh, oh, oh, why you gotta bring that one up? Philly game, yeah, forty four six. About. Yeah, that was the end of
4: that's the what game. We're talking about that was because Isaiah was on IR. Being that on wouldn't have worked out the same know, way. Being
3: and, yeah. on the receiving
4: end of a
5: whooping, it, yeah. it happens.
4: It happens. It does happen. It but I mean, the reality is, you just want to come back and. You want some. You want some dudes that have the mindset that, that that was not us. That's facts, and that's really what it comes down to. That was not us, and we like to believe that that's the case because of what you said yesterday. We've seen mm-hmm. the other side of it, All right? But then we still have to go to the hope and say that we hope that they respond the correct way. So that's what we're waiting on. You know, we're going to be waiting on that for another six days to see if these guys are going to show up and do what we know that they're capable of doing and what is the mindset in that locker room. Do you think that could happen? Do you think this locker room has the
3: leadership in place, the coaching on top, to say, okay, that wasn't us. It's time to go out and actually do this thing? Because you, you've talked about it before. Flipping a switch is not easy in the NFL. Yeah, It's almost impossible. No. But can
4: they flip a switch? I think Dallas' switch is their competition. Okay. You know, and I think it's a sensor. I don't think it's a switch. I think the switch is on. It's just a you walk in a room and a motion <laughs> sensor just comes on. <laughs> so I think, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> would be their motion sensor. They walk in there like, oh, yeah, this is, these guys can play. The lights are already on yeah, when you walk yeah. in. Yeah, as soon as you yeah. walk in, like they're like, oh, oh, this is a new opponent. Oh, these guys can play. Let's mm-hmm. go. Unfortunately, that's where they're at right now. And it's a bad thing, but at the same time, okay, at least you know – there's a high probability that they're going to show up and be ready to play in this game because of their competition <laughs> right. level. So it's, it's a pro and a con. you much rather them just always be ready to roll. That's not who these guys are, but I think that they'll be ready to compete at their highest level.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a con. Uh, playing down to your competition is never a wise thing. Playing nope. with your food is never a wise thing. But, uh, you know, like I said yesterday, and kind of what to echo what Isaiah is saying here today, um, there are no bad teams in the playoffs. There's no no competition to play down to, because even if you feel like you're the better team, I mean, look at each of these teams and look at who they've beaten over the course of the season. As far as NFC, if you're just focusing on NFC, you can't go up against any of these teams and feel like, OK, although I feel like I'm better than them, mm. I'm in a position where I'm so far ahead that I can turn down. Now you can't. You can't turn down against Tom Brady, and and should you advance, you can't obviously you can't turn down against the Philadelphia Eagles or mm-hmm. whomever your next opponent is going to no. be. So I think now that the good news is for Cowboys fans is that part of the Cowboys is in the rearview mirror, just simply because there are no more bad teams to play. Um, but I do feel like this is a Cowboys team that can can bounce back from that. Not only because the evidence is there, but let's talk about who who's in the locker room. Yes, there's a lot of youth in the locker room, but. There are also players like Teron Smith. There are players like Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Parsons. There are players like Trevon Diggs, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Peters, T.Y. Hilton. Right. You have these veterans, and a lot of these veterans you you brought in, Anthony Barr, to to mentor as much as you brought them in to play between the lines. Mm -hmm. So these guys are keeping their respective position groups in check and saying, hey, young fella, this isn't anything we haven't seen before. But this is how you need to regulate your emotions and mindset going into the game. You need to own everything that happened in Week 18 and understand what's in front of you at Super Wild Card Weekend. Mm. And I think that alone is what can help the Cowboys bounce back. So, like I said, T.Y. Hilton, Jason Peters, Anthony Barr, you know, the list goes on and on. These veterans, these free agent veterans, Jonathan Hankins with Via Trade, these guys were brought in to help guys like Tank, Micah, Dak, Zeke, Mentor and and Dalton Schultz and what he does with those young uh, tight ends Jake and and Peyton and Sean, there's enough more than enough mentorship in that locker room to say that's not us. So let's show everybody who who
4: we really are. I think the veterans in this locker room, especially the new additions, are the least of your worries, because these guys recognize that new this addition. is literally their last shot to get a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. A lot of the guys you brought yeah, in, the, for so sure. So you're saying
5: the new additions can't stand the rain? Uh-huh. I see what you did there. Right? There. Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, That's I, good. Um, <laughs> I like it.
4: Yeah, these guys are gonna be hungry. Yeah, they're gonna be very hungry. And then you talk about it, Xavier Rose; just got picked up. He's gonna be hungry now too. He'll so, so I mean, it's no accident what this front office has done in terms of the guys, that, the caliber and the type of players that these guys have brought in. Mm-hmm. These guys, all want they all want some jewelry. Right. And this is their last shot at it. Believe So it. instead of just bringing in just talent, you brought in talent that has experience mm-hmm. and talent that has experience that is at the end of their row that are highly high-caliber players that would like to put a dog on right. ring on right it now. before they finish up.
3: And if it's interesting, kind of playing off of both of your points here, and Brian Dable in his press conference yesterday, before they take on the Vikings, Giants, and Vikings on Sunday, Oof. he said that the playoff experience overrated. It's overrated. He said, you as know, overall, as a coach, the playoff experience is overrated. You've got a coach that has a ton of playoff experience. You've got a roster up and down that has playoff experience for the most part. I mean, most of this team was here last year, and they suffered that loss, kind of like what we talked about yesterday. Do you think it's overrated in that regard, or do you think that's actually a positive thing to know, hey, we were close once before, we
4: didn't get there? I think that from, the, from his statement, I believe it's true Okay, from the coach's perspective. From the coach's perspective, because I don't see how your game plan really changes as a coach. It shouldn't change, yeah, right? Your approach should be the same as a coach. Mm-hmm. As a player, it's different. Mm-hmm. and That's why he was very particular to say, he was very specific by saying as a coach – I think it's overrated because players, the, the game is a totally different level, a completely different level. Every play matters. Uh, <clears throat> everything is heightened. Everybody's watched 10 times more film than they watch mm-hmm. in the regular season. Everybody's looking for all those key little indicators, anything that's going to give you an advantage, things that you would naturally do right. during the season, but like it's just it's just ramped up. So, way ramped up. Yeah, Way ramped up.
5: And I could agree with that. I I believe that, obviously, for players, it is most certainly not overrated because uh, the more playoff experience you you have going into uh, the respective playoff or tournament that you're about to enter, if you've seen it all, you've seen it all Mm -hmm. in the aspect of there. Jason Peters, for example – you know, from his his Super Bowl run with Philadelphia, you, and his just the tenure of his career in the NFL, you'd be hard pressed to to believe there is anything that could happen in this year's playoffs. Any anything that can happen situationally that Jason Peters, in at some point in his career, hasn't seen. Mm. Um, versus, if you were Tyler Smith, which is the complete antithesis in in regards to experience, he would be more inclined to go through a lot of things this playoff season. Uh, this new season that we call the playoffs that he has not seen because he's a rookie. So Mm -hmm. he gets to lean on Teron Smith and Jason Peters and Zach Martin. And that's why those guys become very, very valuable. And that's why the playoff experience from a player standpoint is priceless from a coaching standpoint. You're going to coach how you were going to coach anyway. You were going to prep how you were going to prep anyway. Now there's, Probably some truth to the matter of if, it, if you're a first-time coach going into the playoffs for the first time, you're going to have nerves and everything, but you're still going to prep how you're going to prep. Yeah. And you're still going to try to be that cool hand Luke on the sidelines. When mm-hmm. you see those players that we're talking about, particularly the younger players that might be in, a, oh, what do I do, coach? I, oh, everything's on the line. You still, No matter what's going on in your head as a coach, you have to look at that guy and say, we're okay. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Just breathe. Settle in. Do everything that we taught you to do. Go out there and be great. So, from a coaching standpoint, I, I tend to agree with Isaiah and Dave. from a player standpoint,
3: experience most certainly matters. It definitely matters, I, and I think there are, there are aspects to the coaching side of things, like you said, yeah, the, yeah. the the pure mentality of it all. Yeah. That cool hand could could come from the sideline too. It could totally come from the sideline Believe from somebody that's been there before. It's one of the reasons why you hired Mike McCarthy in the first place. If you're the Cowboys, well, it because be he much had been there that. before. So <laughs> that, yeah, that's fair. So let's. I mean, I mean, moving into this second segment, that's something on the mind is the, the experience that this Cowboys team has, experience that this coaching staff has, can they just put it all together? That's a huge question mark going into wildcard weekend. We'll do some news and notes. I kind of forgot to do that. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. When we come back, more Talking Cowboys. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. It's a Talking Tuesday. We'll hear from you next.
2: Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th
3: Back here on Talking Cowboys. It's playoff week, and of course, the boys need you, Cowboys Nation, to show your team pride and support this postseason with the best gear in the league. Head to the nearest pro shop, or you can log on to shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and let's get rowdy. Heading into Wildcard Weekend, it's a talking Tuesday. We've got Patrick Nosey Walker, Isaiah Isaiah stand back, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans, 888-855-2297. Continue to give us a call. We're going to answer those right after some news and notes. Ooh. WWRD, what would Rob do? Ooh.
5: So, uh, Cowboys are back on the practice field effective tomorrow, which will be Wednesday. So, we'll have much more new, mo- many more news and notes coming uh, mid and later in the week. But for now, Leighton Van Der Esch, Jonathan Hankins, Hankins. Um, and Tyler Beatish are still on all three of them tracking to be available for the Cowboys on Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is great That is great news. And that was already the case, but now that the Cowboys know they have the Monday night game, that is one additional day for those guys to get ready and, and physically prepped. Uh, Deron Bland, the cow, there are no indications the Cowboys have any concerns whatsoever over Deron Bland's chest injury that he suffered uh, against the Washington Commanders, which is something that Kyle alluded to on yesterday. Um, but in having some more conversations over the course of yesterday, hearing Jerry Jones on 105.3 FM, The Fan, today at 8.30, Cowboys are confident Deron Bland will be able to go as well. I will be interested to see if they give him a kind of calculated week You know, maybe limited, limited full, or if they're just going to, if he's just completely fine, they're like, go out there and do your thing, young man. We'll see. But he's expected to play. Uh, Matt Farniak, uh, tomorrow will mark day seven of his 21 day window. But it's a winner go home situation. So physically, he said he feels. He feels like he's ready to go, but the Cowboys are the only reason he didn't play last week against the Commanders because the Cowboys want to throw more work at him in practice to make sure that's the case. So he has a very good chance of being on the field as well. So we're talking about LVE, Hankins, Bland, not missing. Farniak may be returning along with Tyler Biadish. Cavalry's on the way for the Cowboys. Uh, Xavier Rhodes. IRS mentioned him a little bit earlier uh, in the first segment. Jerry Jones said that he expects Xavier Rhodes should get some burn uh, on Monday against Tom Brady. And if you saw what we saw from Trayvon Mullen, then you've seen enough. (laughs) Um, And it's time to—we like what we got with Neffron Wright. His his needle is trending upward. But this is against Tom Brady. So if you see any struggles there, you'd love the fact that you have an experienced— all pro. Just somebody pro to holder. throw out there. Yeah. And Xavier Woods, like that, another potentially high quality move for the Cowboys, as they've shown at several points this season, in the offseason,
3: they're going all in this year. So,
4: yeah, then you got to ask the Mick Spagnola question.
3: What is that? Why was he out Why there? Was he out there? <laughs> the Mickey's Spagnola <laughs> question. Xavier Rhodes, I mean, that's somebody to to no, keep an a, eye that's on. two way street. It is. A,
5: especially. At, when when you're a player like Xavier Rhodes, um, <laughs> it's a perfect time to get on a team, right? You're a mercenary. <laughs> when you're a mercenary, he was you on get the New choose. York, or he
3: was with what was it? Wasn't New York, was it? Well, he had, any Indy, Indy, right? Colts.
5: Yeah, he had to stint with the Colts, and who was his previous? It, it, he had to stay with someone before. I mean, after the Colts, really short. Hold on one second. Yeah, I
3: had it up yesterday, and I didn't look at it.
5: I mean, I know, but tired brain because I (laughs) Yeah, you had a night. You had a night last night. Uh, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills. That's That's
3: right. He was on the Bills practice squad really from September forward, so he had been at least doing things throughout the season. It's not like he's coming off the street. Yeah, no ramp-up. Yeah, so keep that in mind. He was just released last week. He'd have been on their practice squad. He had been elevated a couple times. Maybe he just ran out of – time to be elevated off the practice squad and they didn't want to let one of their other guys go it so. was that plus a
5: combination of for those that are saying well if the bills are a playoff team they're a super bowl contender why would they let rose go the bills at that time it, look at the timing of it more or less they needed safety help rose doesn't provide you safety help yeah. so between the number of elevations being expired and needing safety help you know they obviously were going to going to let him go and uh, it might have been with a Kind of a wink, wink, like, "Hey, we'll try to bring you back," but then he got free of the the waivers yeah. and looked over at Dallas and was like, "Hey, Dan Quinn, go over Deron there." Diggs, Deron Bland, they got a shot too, and it's yeah. warmer weather, so
3: <laughs> hopefully he does get a, a couple extra snaps to to maybe yeah. make an impact. So keep that in mind going into Wild Card Weekend. It is a Wild Card Talking Tuesday. We're going to start with our friend up in New York, Mike. You're on Talking Cowboys, Mike in New York. How's it going? Hey, what's going on, guys? Doing all right? Okay, so I just want you to know... You are our pick'em champion from the last two years. You had the, the first ever undefeated week this year, and then you had a five and one week last year. You completely flipped the script on Isaiah and the fans. I mean, you, hey, Mike, just let you, you know, it's just you're a hero to the talking Cowboys fans you know what, out there. Mike, right I'm now.
4: happy that you're calling in today, Mike, because we can't have you. you sound we, we can't have you call in on <laughs> you Friday. Don't sound you know happy, what hey, know. You only play.
3: You only play the best in the playoffs. So I think he right. needs to call in yeah. on Friday. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, hey, it happens. It's, we take the games. And I'm not going to pick it against the Cowboys. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I mean, hey, if I would have called in this last Friday, it would have been bad.
3: Yeah, I feel you. I'm right there with you. What's on your mind, Mike?
0: Uh, yeah, I just, I feel like, you know, like, you know, you guys just said, you know, you guys said yesterday and this and that, you know, the Cowboys, they just, we got to get it together. And I think that I honestly think Mike McCarthy, he's got to be on the hot seat. I mean, the seat can't, Jerry Jones has come out and said that Jerry is not happy right now. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for
3: your call, Mike. I appreciate it because I mean, just hearing Jerry the other day, you could kind of sense the frustration saying that's not going to get it done. At least what happened against Washington. And it's a conversation. You know it's also true? What? Yeah, that's true. What's also true is he was asked that question this morning, point blank. Nice. And he said no.
5: And then there was a long pause as if, you know, our, our guys at the fan were on. waiting for uh, some—for <laughs> him to explain. He was like, no. And I'm not going to sit here and explain. He's just, no. He said, I have enough—more than enough b- uh, body of work to look at when it comes to McCarthy to know that regardless of what happens in Tampa— he's not willing to part ways. Now I know you hear that. And if you followed the Cowboys for as long as we've covered the Cowboys and or longer, you know, uh, you know, wait, Phillips, yeah, you know, right? You know, yeah, Jimmy, you know, um, Jerry's <laughs> no, doesn't always mean no. So, so let me give you my take on it. And then now, you know, I'll throw it to the panel. My take on it is this. When you look at the level of adversity, the Cowboys have had to overcome uh, just in Mike McCarthy's ten-year period, his first season was a COVID season. Yeah. Right. He made mistakes. You talk about Mike Nolan. He owned it. Fired Mike Nolan, brought in Dan Quinn. He's he's been very, very accountable uh, from a coaching perspective. And he's shown that he's willing to adapt on the fly. Um, but then you if you go to the micro and you look at 2022 just alone, a lot of people predicted the season was over after week one. You lose in horrible fashion as far as how your offense looked, and you lose Dak Prescott. Oh, season's over. Sky's falling. Wrap it up. On a 2023 lame duck season for Mike McCarthy. Keeping in mind that lame duck season was the narrative spun in the offseason because there was pressure coming from all sides that said, Sean Payton, Sean Payton, Sean Payton. Yeah. Amari Cooper's traded. Oh, they're they're trying to set Mike McCarthy up for a lame duck season. Lyle Collins is traded. I knew it. They're setting Mike McCarthy up for a lame duck season. Well, here we are. A few days away from Super Wild Card Weekend with a 12-5 and 5 record. So, yeah, there, there are some uglies, but there are far more positives. And we had the conversation upstairs yesterday really quickly. Are you looking – because to me, put their resumes up against each other, Mike McCarthy and Sean Payton, mirror images. Yeah. So
3: Mike actually has more regular season wins. Right.
5: So, at, at worst, it would be a lateral move. Now reports are coming out that the Saints want at least a first round pick. Yeah. But also more. So you're going to give up that kind of collateral if you're the Cowboys or anyone, but especially a team like the Cowboys who drafts so well to move laterally and yeah. hit reset. I just don't see it happening. So I think that the Cowboys are still in on Mike McCarthy. The only thing that changes that is if you to follow up what happened in, in Washington, if you just go get humiliated. By Tampa. And when I say humiliated, I don't mean you
3: lose 17-14. Yeah. I mean you lose like 30-3. to 3. That's kind of where I'm at is you would have to get embarrassed because McCarthy's done enough to stick around. Hell you X. absolutely can say that. If he's done enough to stick around. Is he the guy in that, that locker room, though? I mean, do you have that same kind of confidence if you lose a Dan Quinn? And he goes off, and he's a head coach. Do you still have the same kind of confidence in you your team if Witt. Kellen Moore goes if and does keep it? Joe Witt, if you can keep Joe Witt, that's yes. a, that's a good move. Yes.
5: That's a good move. And Georgia Edwards as well. We got to mention
3: Georgia. But that's that's my question: is if if a loss happens like that, that's the only way it happens. If you get if you go up there and you fight and you lose to Tampa Bay, and it's a tight game, I don't think he goes anywhere. But if you get embarrassed in your final week of the regular season when everything was still on the line and then you get embarrassed in the playoffs, it's, it's, on the top, it's on the table. Yeah, it will be on the table. What do you think?
4: I mean, of course. I mean, you get embarrassed in the playoffs. I think every coach's contract is on the table. But sure. Not I Bill. Think they're, they're it's only, the reality of the league for the most part. Not yeah, Bill. I mean, that's different. Bill's I mean, also but, won a lot yeah, more than anyone else. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. that that, <laughs> um, I'm simply saying that's
5: never going to be the case with Bill.
4: <laughs> I think the coach that everybody needs to be concerned about possibly leaving is DQ.
5: No so doubt, that's, that's the only coach. Everybody's
4: that, scared about that. that's the only coach that's realistically has a chance of going anywhere. So let that year. fear drive you to get the job done right yeah. now. Yeah. Deal, sounds good. Let me, give me a helmet. I'll yeah. make it. I'll make it
3: happen. Let's go. All right, let's go to Jeff what, in what Upper Oh, uh, quarterback. Quick. Jeff in oh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland is on talking Cowboys. Jeff, what's going on?
6: Oh, lots of things are going on, and, and brothers, I'm going to ask you to just uh, consider what I'm saying here. You might not agree with what I'm about to say, but I've been a Cowboys fan since I was 17 years old. I am 70. Wow. Been, yes, I love the Cowboys. I love Dak. I, I love you guys. So I want you to understand back, I come from bro. a place of love. I'm, I've been in ministry for 40 years, and it's wow. things that I recognize sound like it. <laughs> okay? He like awesome. It. We hear you, Pastor. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing when you're looking at Dak, and Dak is a man of faith, and I know that Dak loves God. And, and all we have to do is reflect on why did we get this big picture of what happened on Monday night? Mm-hmm. Prayer came into the uh, came into focus, and we begin to understand that if there's certain things that are out of our control, and we got to go to God. So here's Dak dealing with the yips, and the way that you deal with that, the Scripture says that uh, the the uh, spirit of a man will sustain him in his injury, but a injured spirit who can bear, God can bear it. So. Somebody, if it's Jonathan the chaplain or somebody, has got to sit down and talk to Dak and rebuild faith in him. Faith is big to him, but he's shaken. But faith can be rebuilt and grow because if things continue the way that they do, it will continue to affect the entire team. But if this man gets back into a place where he can say, you know what, God? I messed up and I'll own that, but I know that you're with me. I know you gave me these gifts. And if he understands that and begins to rely on the fact that God has spoken something to him about where he's supposed to be, when he faces Tom Brady, Tom is a giant. But God is bigger. Woo! Okay? Let's go, Jeff. Mm-mm. I I
3: am just Wish astonished. It. I need to touch the star right now. I feel yeah. the the energy just kind of working all the way through me the offering plate. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jeff! Thank you so much. Thank you very much for calling in. That is a call of the year candidate. That is the Ford good word right, right there. there? Sure. That is the good word. I'm speechless. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Beamer Douglas, clip that Yeah, that to Dak. That's, uh, that's that a cowbite that if that.
5: I've ever heard yeah, it. Get that
3: to Dak. Get that to Dak. Get wow. that to the whole locker room. Jeff is Let's incredible. Go. Jeff and Maryland oh, coming Brady's in hot. He's giant, but God is good. <laughs> I tell you what. You know who God's favorite team is? It's right there. There you go. <laughs> Got to have, have the, to the hole in that. the roof. Right there. Well that's uh one way to go into break continue give us uh, some calls you're gonna have to follow up jeff and maryland somebody's gonna have to do yeah, good it good luck with that 888-855-2297 we'll continue with more talking oh, tuesday right after this
2: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. is on its way. So sweet! You Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non fungible token. something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black?
0: Back to talking cowboys,
3: and that's why Washington is going to win the national championship. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're back here on talking cowboys. All right, the. NFL Fan of the Year competition continues. James Wright is your Cowboys 2022 Cowboys Fan of the Year. James brings the spice to every Dallas Cowboys game, and now he needs you to help him bring it to the Super Bowl. Vote for James to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan by casting your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. It's going to be hard to dethrone Georgia at some point
5: you know it's it's just amazing to even hear statements like that <laughs> I mean seriously 40 years and and for me you know, having turned 42 last summer, uh, the majority of, and for those that were wondering, yes, I am from Georgia. I'm a Georgia boy, and then, you know, grew up and went to Georgia.
3: What part of Georgia did you grow up in?
5: Well, I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the the large majority of my we life. We talked actually, about this because yeah, yeah, of the bananas. Up, yeah, up yeah. until I graduated high school. After yeah. I graduated high school, I, I departed. But yeah, I'm Savannah, born and bred, and then moved up to uh, Athens, and then Atlanta, and then spent more than a decade in Atlanta. So I am... Through and through, red clay. That's awesome. Um, so I say all that to say the the mo- majority of my life in being a Bulldogs fan has been, okay, well, the last time they had won a national championship, I was like, one. So that didn't apply to me. Yep. Right? So to go through that and to see the trauma, you lose into the LSUs of the world in the SEC championship. You lose to Alabama you know, in the biggest games, SEC Championship, and then you're up on them in the SEC Championship, and they put Jalen Hurts in, and apparently we didn't watch any film against Hurts because he <clears throat> went on C.J. Sprout on us. <laughs> um, so to have the, those types of heartbreaks and then four decades of, of that kind of heartbreak, you break through the barrier. But this, this is a perfect example of what can happen in sports, particularly football. Once you finally break that ceiling, it then becomes – Easier to buy in the next year. So if the Cowboys can finally break this, you know, two and a half decade long drought, it'll become that much easier to get seven. The seventh Super Bowl win for this franchise, because once you get six, now you start believing again. Right now, you're so far removed as an organization from the last one. It gets more and more difficult psychologically to believe it can happen. So if you look at the, the Bulldogs, 40 years finally broke through the ceiling, and then go back-to-back. That's Mm -hmm. what sports is. That's the beauty of it. And it's even more beautiful when, you know, it happens for my teams. Go Braves, too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it happens for the one that's uh, represented behind us. I sacrificed my Braves for you, Cowboys. Thanks. Thank you for that.
5: Because last year was Braves, and I got my Braves in – and my dogs to break their yeah, drought the drought. Let's brag about it a little bit. All no, right. but then the Cowboys were supposed to be my my hat trick. Mm. Okay, well apparently the universe doesn't want me to have my hat trick, so this time I had to sacrifice one.
3: It was the Braves. Uh, it had to be the Braves.
5: Yeah, there you go. So Cowboys, you're up.
3: <laughs> let's go back down to the uh, to the southeast part of the U.S. and hear from Dan in Florida. Dan, you're on talking Cowboys. How's it going?
1: How you guys doing this morning?
3: Doing great. Oh, amazing. How about you? Mm-hmm.
1: Good. Hey, No. C. Congrats on the dog. Thank
3: you, sir.
5: Thank
1: you. Thank hey, you, thank guys. You. A couple things. Um, you know, I, I watch every game. I watch it multiple times because uh, you know, I, I've been around the game for a lot of years as a player, as a coach, coaching in high school level, uh, played through college, uh, helped a kid get to the NFL by teaching him how to how to watch tape. Yeah. And a couple things I see with the Cowboys. Uh, a name that I think gets forget forgotten is Matt Walesco. I think if Matt Walesco was still around, uh, he would. I think he would have been really helpful on the offensive line. That's just the thought. Uh, and I know yesterday uh, Dan Quinn made a comment about Chauncey Goldstein. I thought Chauncey Goldstein has been kicking butt for the last yep. three games. And, frankly, my own opinion is I don't know what you get out of uh, Gallimore. Uh, Gallimore seems to get washed into the laps of linebackers or get washed down the line of scrimmage. Uh, You know, Goldstein plays with a motor, it looks like to me. All right? Uh, And the last thing I wanted to say is uh, about coaching. I mean, I like Mike McCarthy, and I I think the world of Dak Prescott. Okay? Uh, You know, coaches coach, players play. I think I think uh, the problem uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I know uh, Isaiah will disagree with me, but I I do think Kellen Moore is a bit of the issue. You know, uh, yeah, it's a relationship business, but it's a results business. No different than anything else. Um, I I don't know if Kellen Moore is the guy. Um, Personally, I'd I'd have a plane picking up Cliff Kingsbury maybe and bringing him in and talking to him as an OC. Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't know if Philbin's the guy. That offensive line was nasty with Mark Colombo. I mean, they were nasty. I know you had big Ron Leary in there, but, you know, they played really well. Um, Anyway, that's my nickel. Just want to see what you guys might think. Um, and uh, good luck this week, baby. I know we're going to get it. Cool. There you go. Thanks,
3: Appreciate man. you, Dan, as always, calling in. Always a great call because he's got a great Absolutely. mind, like you said. He sent a kid to the NFL, and he's an analyst now as well too. But I I, I want to hit all three topics because they are all great, but we got to stay kind of short on them. Uh, let's start with Matt go. I think he would have been a huge piece of this offensive line picture if he was in the on the table at least, and he hasn't been, unfortunately.
4: Yeah, I mean, we didn't get a chance to see him. I mean – that's the reality. I mean, it would be nice to have another guy in a depth chart, but we don't know what he's fully capable of. So I mean, I he know. was
3: much better than what you saw out of pretty much anybody else in training camp prior to the injury.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: I like Outside of Terrence Steele and Tyron Smith, he was the best tackle in training
4: camp. Yeah, it would, it would be nice to have another guy – in the depth position. But then again, you wouldn't have a, a Jason Peters, and we don't know how Jason Peters versus Beletsko would have went.
3: I think I would rather have you out there than Jason Peters right now, after <laughs> watching film, because he has been horrid. Yeah. Horrid. Pretty bad. Well, I'm, I'm on record uh,
5: more than once over the course of this season, um, particularly when the, the mm-hmm. offensive line injury to like Terrence Steele happened, and I said the one thing that's flying under the radar is I think the Cowboys really miss what Beletsko would have brought to the table. Yeah. And full-blown. Um, you wouldn't see, you probably wouldn't see uh Teron Smith at right tackle right now and then the conversation of where he would have been is he back at left tackle is Tyler back at left tackle? okay that would have so- sorted itself out but well let's go showed some great promise um before you know he went down with injury so something to look forward to for, for two for 2023 but no I'm doubt. 100% with you Dan and I've said that a couple times this season that the
3: well let's go being on IR hurts it hurts. It hurts, no doubt, because then your drop off in that same kind of category right. of a young offensive tackle that needs reps it goes from Matt. Well, let's go to Josh Ball, and Well, let's go was head and shoulders above Josh Ball and what he did. So, <laughs> moving into from offensive tackle to defensive tackle, mm-hmm. three third round picks is what he mentioned: Neville Gallimore, Chauncey Golston, Osa Digizua. Osa Digizua has been playing well. Yep. Chauncey Golston hasn't seen a ton of snaps, but when he has, he's played decent. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say he's a game wrecker, nor is he expected to be as a three technique who was originally an edge rusher when he got drafted, still trying to put on weight, put on 25 pounds in the offseason, and still not enough. The Tyrone just Crawford yet. formula. C- correct. <laughs> Do you like what you've seen from Chauncey Golson? Do you think he should start taking snaps away from Neville Gallimore, who just doesn't? Look the same as he did even early in his career.
5: I mean, it, it should be a meritocracy, right? And and as it stands, and you, I'm huge on Neville Gallimore. Have been you know since he came in to the league. I really liked him coming in. I really uh, did. And, he, and he he's flashed very nicely on the first half of the season. Yeah. Kind of cooled a bit on the second half. Um, and that's not me being out on Gallimore. I'm not out on him at all. But right now, Ghoston is playing is doing more efficient work. With the reps that he's being given, yes, he is, which inherently should warrant more reps to see if he can continue that trend. And then at that point, uh, if if Gallimore sees that and the fire in his belly, that's the that's the beauty of the meritocracy. It builds to infuse the competition.
3: It goes back to what you've said previously: is there's no one safe in that locker room. Everything's a competition, even this late in the year. You got to find a way to get that that culture rolling.
4: When you're granted reps, make them count. And by doing that, you help the team out. And by doing that, you're either going to make somebody else next to you or beneath you, step their game up, or get out. That's it's, the beauty of it. That's what competition is about. No what have it. you
3: seen from Gallimore when you are watching film?
4: Gallimore's trying hard. I just think that everybody expects Gallimore to be, um, to be Hankins, and he's not. It's not yeah. his style of play. He's a bigger guy. All of our interior guys have the same style of play. They're just a little bit different yeah, sizes. Yeah, more of
5: a three, not a one. Yeah. Or a zero. And he's been playing a one. We're talking yeah. about technique. Yeah, so but I'm saying, yeah,
4: technique-wise, I mean, yeah. they all play the same style. Like, they all try to do swim moves. They all try to spin off. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all play the same vibe. And that's why when Hankins isn't in there, you miss him. Yeah. Because he's the one guy he's who the doesn't true play nose. Like, yeah, he's yeah. A true nose. Yeah, he's the true nose. He's has Yeah. Hopefully. hopefully, I hope hopefully. he's back yeah. and Not fully hopefully. healthy. Speak. I want him to be hope. fully didn't healthy. did the minister
3: just? It's another hope. It's a hope. did the minister just give you the good word? <laughs> hope if if Jeff in Marlboro, Maryland <laughs> is speaking to us that way, Jeff, then I, you're Jeff right. I do believe. Word. I believe. All right. Uh, final topic from Dan, coaching, offensive coordinator. He said, "Put a put Cliff Kingsbury on a flight and get him here." One. By the way, I think he's coming back to Texas, but I don't think he's coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going to end up in that school down in College Station. But what do you think? I mean, Kellen Moore as a whole, not necessarily Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah,
4: no. Stick
3: with <laughs> Kellen Moore. Stick with Kellen? Yeah, stick with Kellen. You've been critical of Kellen in the past. Yeah. Very he's, critical he's of growing. Kellen. Wing.
4: He's growing, and he grew a lot this year. Do you
3: still think he's
4: the best?
3: Do you think he's suited enough to to make a run here as the offensive coordinator? Do yes. you think he has enough left in the back?
4: Absolutely. Okay. I think he does. I think that there's a, I think he has packages. Last year he emptied his legos out too early. Mm-hmm. This year I think he might be laying them out too late. So you, he's trying to find he's trying to find that sweet spot. You yeah, know he's, he's he's holding on to him. I think you're going to see some stuff this week that you haven't seen all year. I just I, beware the. the I'm going to sh- clip that
3: and, and post it. By the way, beware like,
5: the shiny new thing um, because. I challenge anyone that says, okay, we'll, we'll ditch Kellen Moore and Moore has his warts, obviously, but he's definitely grown. Like Isaiah says, so I'm not going to repeat Isaiah's point. It's masterfully said, um, but when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury, show me why, yeah. show me what, what did he do in Arizona? Huh. Cause he was the play caller in Arizona. Yeah, so was. show me what he did in Arizona that makes, that gives you confidence that he can, that he'd be for some reason, an upgrade over what you, what you're seeing as far as what the Cowboys are averaging points per game. When Dak Prescott is in, in, in the lineup. Um, Couldn't get it done with Kyler Murray, right? They had some fun in the regular season. What happened when they get to the playoffs, though? Does that sound familiar, Cowboys fans? You you want more of that? No, you don't. Also, Kyler Murray goes down. Colt McCoy goes in. Can't win games with Colt McCoy. Keller Moore's over here winning games with Cooper Rush. Right, that's a good point. So, I'm not saying that for those that want more out, that's a different discussion. I, I believe more is fine, and he's growing, and he it has doesn't.
3: A, and it doesn't have gone. to be Cliff for, Kingsbury. But, it's more about the confidence. No, answer the question on
5: Kellen, for those that are specifically looking at Kingsbury, show me why, and I'll show <laughs> you why not.
3: It's fair. It, 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 like I said, not. Always Cliff Kingsbury. Right. It's just whether or not Kellen is the guy for that job across the hall. He's shown growth. I agree with yeah, you completely. Times. I think he's gotten better this year. I'm more confident in Kellen more going into this matchup against Tampa Bay than I ever was last year against San Francisco. I just hope yeah, and does. I thought that team was in a better spot than this one is.
4: I just want him Fair. to stay OC. I hope he doesn't
3: doesn't take the leap. Yeah, Goes the head coach. Just
4: stay offensive coordinator. Okay.
3: And I believe Kingsbury is going to
5: go back to the collegiate ranks. He needs to rebuild his <laughs> brand guess. before coming back to the NFL. I,
3: I would. I'm not a betting man. I'm really not, nor will I ever be. But if I had to put money on it, I'd say he's going A&M. I bet you they throw money at him and he's going to Texas A&M. But that's just me. Travis in San Antonio down in the central Texas, the Hill Country, or just outside the Hill Country. Travis, you're on Talking Cowboys.
0: Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Great. How are you? Uh, how are you? Good. It's uh, funny that uh, I'm calling in at this uh, end of that topic there, but I – my thing is, I listened uh, to to uh, Kellen's presser yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he, I don't think he's a problem solver because you've had weeks and weeks and weeks, and we've talked about it at nauseum. Of you've got one guy that can get separation in eighty eight, and the rest of them struggle. But yet, he doesn't run rubs. He doesn't run too many floods. He doesn't run cross. Like he doesn't figure out way. Like he has to recognize. Like I don't have guys that can separate man-to-man and then you play him like that last night or a couple days ago and defenses now are just looking at it and going we can turn our back to Dak if he's not going to run and I think when you look at the Dak component I think that injury affected this organization affected Dak in a way his ankle I mean when he was defenses were at least scared of the threat of him running and now teams are looking at tape, and they're going. He just drops back. He drops back. There were times last night that I was screaming at the TV, saying like they were giving him lanes, he just didn't take them. Yeah, he won't do it. He won't do it. And I don't know if it's the organization saying don't do it because I get it, the injury happens. But at the same time, when was he most effective? When teams were scared of him running? And I think they have to get back to that. I don't know if that's somebody coming in with fresh eyes and going, look, we got to break this down to the very beginning and go. I don't think he I think he's a very good quarterback. I like Dak, you always got to say that, but I don't think he's a drop back passer. He's yeah. got happy feet. He passes the ball, he's unsure of it. Lanes open up when you can run the ball. That's what that's why Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. He has that threat of the run and passing lanes open up and guys are wide open, and I think they got to get back to that.
3: Travis, thank you very much for the call. Fantastic. Saying a lot of what Cowboys fans are thinking, not all Cowboys fans, everybody's going to have their own opinion, but everything he's saying is true for the most part. Yes, it is. It, it, there have been moments over these last four years of Kellen Moore being offensive coordinator where he hasn't solved the problem of separation. There were times as Amari Cooper, who's the technician route runner in the NFL, the standard in terms of route running, he couldn't even get open because there are, there are ways and lapses in that judgment. In terms of Kellen Moore not being a problem solver as a whole, I think he is a problem solver in certain areas, especially at the quarterback position, like what he did with Cooper Rush earlier this year. But in terms of the play calling and in terms of the route running and the route concepts and the build of those plays, there are times when you wish Kellen could have more success building into separation. Because just like you said with Dak Prescott, without Dak you can't do certain things. With Dak you can. Well, when you've got wide receivers that can only do certain things, you got to figure out what you can. Right, and so that's where I'm at with Kellen Moore as a whole. I still think he's grown. I still think he's a good offensive coordinator. But if he wants to be a great offensive coordinator, he's going to have to solve every problem and not just the quarterback position. Well said.
5: I couldn't have said it better myself. And and again, I'm I'm not one that is ready to move on from Kellen Moore just simply because I've seen I've seen more than enough growth to say you know what, okay, they're still there's still a lot of positive here yeah. um and he's st- his needle is still pointing up now is it pointing due north as it was you know a season or two ago no um but you you love the fact that he's showing a willingness to commit to the run game when it needs to happen yeah um you you've seen a willingness to adapt more on the fly than ever not every single time which is still a little bit of a problem because sometimes you want to see some adaptations in real time in the game that are not happening but Definitely happening more often and more frequently than ever before. So there's enough there for me to, to you know, keep Kellen Moore on board if I'm Jerry Jones in the, in the Cowboys front office. And then, again, keep in mind, you can't present a problem without a solution. Then you're just complaining. So if your question, not the caller specifically, but as a Cowboys fan, if you're saying you want to move on from Kellen Moore, my question would be, who are you replacing him with? And I just told you I'm out on Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, so who else you got?
3: Yeah. What do you think? Uh,
4: don't touch Kellen Moore. He's he's growing. I, I just repeat it. He, he's growing in terms of the concepts and things that he's doing. I mean, you can only do what your what your guys allow for you to do. This where has the screen game gone? Well, the offensive line has been in shambles, so your ability to run screens is gone. Right, mm-hmm. that takes away from your ability to run the ball as effectively as well. I also, so that lost takes, your starting this, RT. Yeah, you lost. So you're you're you've, you're losing pieces that are very instrumental to the types of things that you can do offensively. And just because you replaced that individual with another individual doesn't mean that they have the same skill sets, right. nor does it allow for you to do the same thing. So your screen game has been affected. Your running game has been affected. So now all of a sudden you're trying to give Dak easy reads because he hasn't been reading coverages properly. So now you dumb down some of the things that you're calling. So I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying these are just realistic Problems, as we're talking about him being a problem solver, these are things that he's having to deal with. The more complex, the more options that are out there for Dak to try to throw to now, the more he has to think. Well, he hasn't necessarily displayed that he's capable as of late to really depict what's going on out there and make the the right decision. So yeah. why would I complicate things by creating a more vast offense? So can't run, can't screen, can't throw a lot of variety out there. So now you're starting to see a lot of one man concepts in terms of hey this is where the ball is supposed to go and if you don't go here throw it away and yes I do agree that Dak needs to utilize his legs some more to keep these chains moving but in terms of what Kellen Moore his creativity I do not second guess his ability to put out a heck of a game plan I just think that he is trying to figure it out with what he's been handed I'll I'll say
5: this to the to the Dak Prescott mobility thing uh, that's something that all of us have kind of pounded the table for coming into the season and to Dak's credit we've seen it we see we've seen him he made a couple plays yeah, against washington too some, so i yeah. was curious in that conversation just now and and i looked up his his rushing yards uh right now 182 rushing yards which is the most since 2019 but this has only been in 12 games so if you you know extrapolate that for a, a full season
3: he's actually he's running again he is. Now, there what's, st- the, what's the running rushing yards per game comparative between 2018, 2019, and now? Good question. For the see. last three years. <laughs> yards per game. Yards per game. Did not have in it on 20,
5: You said 2017?
3: Uh, I mean, like, from, from the last four years. Let's say from here to 2019. Okay. So, 2019, 17.3
5: rushing yards per game. 18.6 rushing yards per game in 2020. Uh, We know what happened in well in 2020. Keep in mind that's five games. That yeah, five games. That's the fractured leg. Um, 2021, nine point one yards per cut in half. Cut in half. But now, fifteen point two rushing yards per game. So it's like right right, 2019 ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's he's taking off and he's running more. Not every time you want him to do it. And when I say you, I mean myself. I'm including myself as well because there are times where I'm like go go go. Yeah. But more often than not. He is actually starting to do that this season. So hopefully we see more of it in the playoffs. Um, and it, if nothing else, we call it live to fight another day, right? If, if your coverage, if the coverage is tight and you're Water boy, if, if the coverage is tight, and you, if your coverage is tightening, you know that your offensive line is lacking continuity because they're trying to figure some things out and you're in real time in that play, and that green opens up, just take it and figure out the next play. Even if it only gets you three or four yards, hell, it might get you 11 yards on a first down or something like that. But the goal here is third and manageable, third and short. That is the goal. And for a Cowboys team that has been one of the best in the league at that prior to Week 18, which they were just god-awful, four for 18 on third down, let that four for 18 remind you, if you're Dak Prescott, why if you see some green in front of you, don't hesitate. Take it, get down, jump back up, make it third and short, and now you have a greatly increased odds of converting.
3: Just, I was curious, while Isaiah, too, was talking about concepts and play calling with Kellen Moore, these are Dak's numbers with play action. Seven touchdowns, one interception, with play action. 20, or seven touchdowns, one interception, 741 yards. Uh, he's dropping back in into play action 27% of the time. Mm-hmm. So just over a quarter percent of the time. That's what it looks like. He has only four turnover-worthy plays out of those uh, 117 dropbacks. Without play action, he's got 16 touchdowns because he drops back without play action 72% of the time. He has 14 interceptions without play action. Uh, 14 turnover-worthy plays without play action. And then the screenplay... With 7% at the moment, so only 28 snaps on the screenplay. He doesn't have any touchdowns. He doesn't also have any interceptions. He also has not had a single turnover-worthy play charted throughout the entire season. He has just over 100 yards, a little bit less than that. So screen plays, play action... It's almost like it works sometimes. Something something you want to say, Isaiah? Yeah, what you got, Isaiah? Something's
4: written all over your face. I have nothing. I've just. Go ahead and say it. Just been the same comments coming from me for a very long time now. People are starting to see it.
3: It works. Yeah. Yeah, you know. All right, that does it for us here on Talking Tuesday. By the way, we went four for four on great phone calls today. Oh, thanks. Mike in New York, Jeff in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, Dan in Florida, Travis in San Antonio. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Nosey, Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow.